You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. All right, everyone, it's time for another episode of the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I have a very special guest joining me this week from ESPN to talk about the moves made on deadline day. I am pleased to introduce Mr. Arda Okal. Thanks so much for joining me, Arda. How are you? Joseph, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Um, if you don't know Arda, he does everything. Everything. What's What's your tag on um, on Twitter? It's like the... I forget what it is, but you, you, the you host do that does the most buddy, the host that does the most. Uh, that's it. Actually, that started a few years ago because I was literally doing like eight sports at ESPN. So, uh, lately it's been, uh, a lot of hockey, which is exactly what I would love to do. Uh, sprinkle in some sports centers on TV and Snapchat. Uh, and I'm a happy camper. Uh, things are going really well at ESPN for me. And, uh, I couldn't be more thrilled about it, especially year one of the NHL on ESPN, you know, whether it's hosting games or hosting the points, uh, filling in on that show, doing the drop, which is our uh, digital show, uh, which will become weekly during the playoffs and uh, other content. So it's been a blast. I'm glad to see hockey is being featured on ESPN, such a a big sports uh, station, like the biggest in the world. Hockey is my favorite sport. Where does hockey rank on your listings of sports? I know you cover a whole bunch of sports. You just said you you cover like eight sports at the same time, basically. But where does hockey rank for you? Uh, number okay. one, I grew up in Canada. So obviously, if you don't love hockey, they kick you out of the country. Uh, but uh, hockey's number one. Uh, I grew up loving hockey. I grew up loving combat sports. Uh, those were probably my one and two video games throw in there as well. But hockey was always my number one love. I grew up playing hockey, grew up watching hockey, and... You know, I, I, I really got my start in hockey and broadcasting as well. Uh, one of my first big gigs was doing the Ontario Hockey League, where I was the uh, game host for the Brampton Battalion. And actually, in that job, I did everything. It was play-by-play, even color commentary, it, between the benches, doing interviews with the players. Like, basically, it was the ringer uh, for, that, for that gig. That was a really, really good job. Uh, then from there, I did some more OHL teams, moved on to the Toronto Marlies as a fill-in host in the AHL. And then when I moved to the States, I took a couple years. I worked at WWE, the wrestling company, did that for a couple years. It was fun, but I missed sports. And so I uh, that's where I started with MSG, and that's where I actually started with ESPN as well. And then, you know, fast forward to this season where the NHL rights come to ESPN in part, and... Uh, you know, it's 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 a massive deal uh, and there's a lot of moving parts and I'm in the middle of it, which is uh, a dream come true for me. And I couldn't ask for anything better for for me in my career. Now, before you got to ESPN and working in WWE and all that, uh, you went to the University of Waterloo. I did. Right. I did, and yeah. you majored in you have a degree in mathematics. I do. I do. Really uh, put to good use covering hockey. 
doing uh, combinatorics and optimization and algebra and calculus. I'm sure that uh, comes in handy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I actually, to be honest with you, I, I mean, I did the degree. It was a five-year program with co-op, but nights and weekends, basically, instead of going out and partying with my friends, it was going to the local radio station or going to the school paper. And that's really looking back on it now. That's where I caught the bug. So that's how you went from math to hockey, basically. I suppose. Yeah. Or math to broadcasting anyway, like getting the media bug and then uh, finding my way into hockey. The funny thing was, is that early on in my career, especially in Canada, I was kind of dissuaded. Uh, I was kind of pushed away from hockey or covering hockey because I was always told by a lot of uh, high up people in Canada, there's so many people that want to do hockey broadcasting in Canada. It's like the NFL in Canada, right? Like it's just the number one thing in Canada. And there's so many people, even if one, the, the top jobs are so few and far between and so lucrative that even if one chair becomes available, there would be hundreds of people waiting for that position. So I was always told to find a different path. And I think that's why early in my career, I still did hockey at the lower levels just to get that experience. But I think that's why I gravitated towards combat sports, because I thought this would be a good opportunity to build some reps, to get some experience. I also love combat sports and I thought, okay, I could build in this realm as well. And maybe one day get a, an opportunity in hockey. But you know, when I look back on it, I, I, it's unfortunate because maybe I would have pursued hockey a little bit more aggressively had I not gotten that advice and taken that advice. Right. So I don't know, you, you get through these crossroads in your career and you have to make decisions. And that's the decision I made at the time. I mean, obviously now it worked out for me because I'm exactly where I want to be and I couldn't be more thrilled about it. But, uh, I guess that's with some reflection, you look back on things, right. And you're like, huh, I wonder what would have happened here or there, but not that I have any regrets. But it's always uh, interesting to look back, you know? This is good for me to hear since I'm actually about to graduate college. I have, I'm going to be graduating with a degree in biology. But I am so passionate about, you know, this podcast, covering hockey, yeah. watching the Rangers. Um, I've, I've watched hockey for like over 10 years. And to me, there's nothing like it. So hearing that advice is, you know, it's something good for me. I, I do have a little bit of- I would never a, give that advice. I would never say don't do something. Uh, I right. think that that's, it's unfortunate that anyone would give that advice. I would be realistic about it. I would say, look, broadcasting is a tough industry. There's a lot of people. The supply is very high and the demand is very low. What I mean by that is there are very few top jobs and those jobs come become available few and far between that's true that's just a fact that's the way that it is that's the way our industry is with that said there are a lot more opportunities growing within the sports space the sports betting space is growing exponentially you can find yourself getting a lot of opportunities in that realm niche realms are growing as well being able to carve your path it's never been easier to get yourself known social media creating content on youtube whatever the case may be consistency is key 
What I see a lot is people who have these big dreams and ambitions, and maybe they keep at it for, I don't know, a week, a month, even four months or five months, but then they burn out because they don't see the results they want. They tie their worth or they tie their success to the number of views that they're getting on their content. And honestly, I'll tell you that even in my positions, a lot of my content doesn't necessarily uh, get gangbuster views either and what and what i tell people who are coming in the industry like yourself that doesn't matter what matters is consistency if you want to do a podcast pick a day pick a time make sure that podcast drops on that exact day on that exact time every single week because that's how you're going to train your audience to know to look forward to your content every single day at that time or every single week at that time similarly with your videos if you're creating youtube videos every tuesday thursday sunday whatever it is even every wednesday whatever you're going to have content there for your audience to consume and that's how you're going to grow that's the best position to put yourself to succeed i think the main takeaway for me is just doing what you're passionate about and your passion is going to take you so far so you wake up in the morning and you're happy that's all i want for the rest of my life i want to wake wake up and be happy with with what i'm doing kind of like how you are with with hockey i know you you guys have such a good time covering hockey on espn plus you had like the uh what was it the bingo cards on on uh yeah. on deadline day Tell, tell me about that. Uh, it, just, it was just an idea on a whim. Uh, I thought of it maybe a day or two prior, and then I texted uh, Greg Wyshynski, and I was like, hey, let's do this, and let's think of some fun squares. And we thought, well, Claude Giroux going to get moved, so why don't we make him center square? And we had some funny ones like quotes like, you know, intangibles or I like my team or whatever it is. And we just sent it to the graphics department, and they – put it together for us they did a great job and it and i i actually didn't pitch it to the um the, the the producers on the trade deadline special but they saw it and they're like let's just incorporate it into the show you know it was just nice. one of those organic things so it ended up being the main thing that uh, greg and i did on the trade deadline special which was great so uh, and it, and there ended up being a bingo so lucky us uh, but yeah, no, it was just one of those ideas, you know, sometimes you just hit lightning in a bottle or people, what I should say is sometimes you get people to jump on board and that's exactly what happened. It was a lot of fun. So how did you know that John Tortorella was going to eat chicken parm on set? <laughs> uh, because uh, I, I think that at some point, all of us were just ready to have a snack. So I think <laughs> we were all ready to eat chicken parm. Yeah, I mean, fellow Italian John Tortorella. He seems like he has a, a good time. They did a, a really good job covering uh, deadline day. Um, I wanted to talk to you about, you used to do the MSG 150s, right? Yeah. Okay, so Rangers Twitter, that section of Twitter is so obsessed with Bill Pito. He actually joined uh, a Twitter spaces in uh, in preseason, and he, just for a little bit, but like a couple fans we were having, like we were just talking about like one of the games that had just, just happened, uh, one of the preseason games. And he just jumped in while he was on the train. He was just like, let's go Rangers. And then he left and everyone lost it. Like, Bill Pito wants to be part of Rangers Twitter. And we always, we always like joke around, like, if, if he's not doing the 150, then the game doesn't count if the Rangers lose. Like, it's, uh, it's a whole big thing. So what was it like doing the, the 150s? Is it like they put you under a lot of pressure to get everything in in 150 seconds? Do they lay it out for you on like a, a teleprompter? 
No, it's not a teleprompter. I mean, you get shot sheets, uh, which are, you know, you know, basically a piece of paper that tells you what highlight is coming up. Like basically it's uh, telling you, okay, here's the setup. Here's what's going to happen. Here's who scored or whatever the case may be. So we get a bunch of those. Uh, I know in advance, like I've seen the one, like when I was doing the 150s, uh, I would see in advance what the plays are. Maybe some of them were honest reactions, especially the ones that are funny. Like I remember I did a baby race on the 150 once and like, you know, the, with that, you just react naturally, right? With with highlights, you want to know who scored or what the action was or what happened in the play and what the score is. Is it a final score? Is it an intermission? Whatever the case may be. And also this time of year, um, for certain teams, like, for example, the Western Conference race, you want to know, OK, the uh, stars are one point out or the goal or the Golden Knights are one point out. And this team is two points ahead or this team has three games in hand, whatever the case may be. You want to have that kind of information just because the, the whole purpose is you're yeah, you're going through it in uh, 150 seconds and two and a half minutes. But you're also informing the audience as best as possible for things they would care about. Right. So uh I loved doing those. Uh, I loved being a part of the Rangers broadcasts. I, I actually worked with the Rangers uh, on the, I think it was the 2017 playoff run where they had Rangers town. Um, the, uh, the whole tent uh, that had like all the alumni and different activations, the VR station, the uh, trivia, et cetera. So I did a lot. And there was a stage right outside of MSG where we did a lot of alumni panels, which was a whole blast. So I have a lot of great memories working with the Rangers and also the broadcasts on networks. So you've also done play-by-play -play for NHL Gaming World Championships. I know you you just said that you called like a baby race for on the MSG 150. I'm a believer that like you could commentate over anything. Like anybody could could fill commentary on any any like thing that happens, whether it's funny, whether it's action packed like combat sports, or if it's like just a regular hockey game. Um, what's it like calling the Gaming World Championships? Is that more laid back than like calling? let's say an OHL game or a Marley's game. I, I think I would say that uh, it's uh, a different vibe in the sense that, uh, you know, gaming skews younger in terms of an audience. So you want to make it uh, a lot more fun. But I, I think that there's still a lot of pride that goes into it. I think that, uh, you know, I prepare just as much for that as I would. It's different in the sense that I want to learn about the gamers and, you know, I'm, you know, sometimes you're calling the action like it's a hockey game, but really the focus is on the gamers themselves as opposed to what Sidney Crosby is doing on a video game ice, right? So uh, it's a lot of fun. I I've been there since day one. Um, you know, they, they're back for this season. Uh, we, have, we did some content at All-Star Game that hopefully we'll be dropping at some point soon. But uh, it's been a blast. I, and I think that esports in general, that esports was actually my very first realm that I covered at ESPN. And uh, I, I'm very bullish on it. I, I enjoy it. I think I'm a big gamer myself. So I, uh, I like everything about it. And I'm, I always keep my eye on the esports ecosystem, all the different ecosystems, whether it's League of Legends, whether it's Call of Duty, uh, Fortnite, Apex Legends, the streamers, whether they're on Twitch and YouTube. I find it fascinating which, you know, main mega million dollar plus streamers are moving from YouTube gaming to Twitch or vice versa. And, you know, the whole mixer era and, and basically all the gaming news that comes like, it's a fascinating ecosystem and I, I enjoy keeping tabs on it. So as far as NHL gaming goes, uh, it's a blast. And uh, right now we have 
it, it's great because we have like an elite core of players that basically are the best of the best and you see their names consistently through every tournament because they're just so much better than everyone else so uh, it's a nice mix of new faces and surprises but then the old guard that are just consistently dominant so it's a lot of fun as a big fan of halo i'd love to see you commentate like an mlg yeah. one of the one one of those matches like whether it's a 1v1 or a 2v2 or regular 4v4 i'm really into halo i really like that, yeah. that game i don't know about you yeah yeah no i i didn't i wasn't a big halo guy growing up uh but the halo i mean halo has a very well established scene uh, and obviously it's re uh, a resurgence because of the new games but uh you know a lot and 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 a lot of current fps games owe a lot to halo halo has origins like a lot of people you know got their start in halo and they moved on. I mean, Ninja is a perfect example, right? Like he started with Halo and he moved on to uh, big success with streaming Fortnite, et cetera. But even other uh, competitors started with Halo and moved on to other titles. So yeah, Halo is one of the OGs. Uh, moving back to hockey uh, and back to the deadline day, what did you think of those Kevin Weeks memes? I love them. I thought they're hilarious. They were organic. Uh, I think that he would have done them whether they caught fire or not. Uh, I love it for him. Uh, he's he works hard. He's he's you know one of the um, one of the staple analysts in hockey, and he uh, the grind never stops with him, which I appreciate very much and I respect very much. I love working with him. He's one of the easiest analysts to work with in hockey. You can throw him anything, and he'll take it any direction you want to go. Uh, and he's a lot of fun too. Like I mean, the conversations off camera are just as exciting and entertaining as the conversations on camera. So. Uh, and we're both from the same hometown, uh, just outside of Toronto. So uh, we have a lot in common, and he is great to work with. And uh, I, I'm happy for him. I, I, what I what I was interested in was how is he going to keep it going all day? And 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 honestly, <laughs> he's still keeping it going. I just love the different scenes that he's picking. Like one of them, he had a garbage bin on his head or a recycling bin on his head. Another one, he's behind plants. You know, like I want to know what he's thinking next i love that he stopped at the side of the highway to break news like i think that was the one where everyone was like okay this is serious now yeah i think what for for us that that got us on that trend was um when he did it from the barber's chair yes. that was really funny really really funny and i think people had a lot of fun with you know with the memes the cutouts of kevin weeks's face just you know whether it's on a painting or like on, on the Sistine Chapel or like in front of some water or he's in the moon. Yeah. He's on, yeah, the, moon. on the moon. <laughs> yeah. That was, it was just, it was good. It was good. Um, it, it kind of, it gave me some other content while I was waiting for moves to happen on deadline day. Mm -hmm. And uh, speaking of deadline day, the Rangers made three trades on deadline day. They got Justin Braun, Tyler Mott and Andrew Kopp. And in addition, the week before they got Frank Vitrano all those acquisitions have played very, very well uh, since coming over from their respective teams. Would you say the Rangers were one of the big winners on deadline day, considering they addressed all their needs uh, with the bottom six, a depth defenseman, and they didn't even have to give up their top pieces like Vitaly Kravtsov or Niels Lundqvist? So would you consider them a big winner, or is it like too early to tell? I think that you would put them in the winner category. I think that what you said there about not needing to give away some, you know, mortgage their future too much in order to get some of the depth pieces that they needed. I think that was a big win. 
Frankie Vetrano has fit in very nicely in the Rangers squad right now. Obviously, he's got some history with Jacob Truba from the U.S. Developmental Program. They're buddies. Uh, you know, we saw the pictures on on Twitter, obviously. But um, yeah, the pieces have come together nicely. And I'll say this: I mean, this season has been a success for the Rangers, right? I and, and I want to be very clear on this for the Rangers fans watching or listening to this right now. I know that Austin Matthews is breaking records with the Leafs and he's on pace to have a 60 goal season. And I'm from Toronto. I have been beating the Igor Shesterkin for Hart Trophy drum for half the season. This is what I ideally would love to happen, even though we all know this is not going to happen. Okay. There are two trophies that denote MVP in the NHL. Number one, is the Hart Trophy, which many people believe to be the more prestigious trophy. Number two is the Ted Lindsay Trophy, which I believe is the more prestigious trophy because that's the one that is simply given to the most outstanding player, period. And that one is voted on by the players, not by the hockey writers. Austin Matthews deserves, beyond the shadow of a doubt, to win the Ted Lindsay Award. He is the most outstanding player in the NHL. No strings attached. I truly believe his colleagues in the NHL, the fellow players, will vote him for that trophy. But the Hart Trophy, which people perceive to be the bigger trophy, in my opinion, it should not be the case, but let's just move forward for the sake of this argument. The Hart Trophy, by definition, is most valuable to his team. Those three words change the definition. We talk about this every single year. Taylor Hall is the perfect example of this a few years ago when the Devils made the playoffs. There were better players in the NHL, but Taylor Hall was the most valuable player to his team. There is no doubt in my mind that Igor Shesterkin is the most valuable player to his team in the NHL, and it's not even close. Hard truth, if Igor Shesterkin did not play for the Rangers, the Rangers would be a basement team. That's Arno Ocal's ice-cold take of the week. Sorry. Yeah. On <laughs> That's it, your ice-cold take be, of the week. They would be battling with the Coyotes and Sabres in terms of points. Georgiev, as much as he, be, he wants to be a, a starting goaltender in the NHL, I'm not taking anything away from Georgiev's play, it's not Igor Shesterkin. Shesterkin has won the many games. Look at their expected wins above average. He is, without a shadow of a doubt, the most important player to, to his team anywhere in the NHL. You take Austin Matthews out of the Leafs, a lot of those goals will get redistributed mm -hmm. to players like Marner and Tavares and Nylander. I'm not saying Matthews is not good. I'm saying the definition of the Hart Trophy, that's Igor Shesterkin to a T. And the reason he probably won't win the Hart Trophy is, number one, because Austin Matthews is highlight reel, breaking records, sna uh, snazzy, sizzle, especially at the end of the season, but also because we value points and we value goals. And when I say we, I mean the fans, but also the voters. And guess what? This also happens with the Norris Trophy. How many of the Norris Trophy winners in the last five years have been top two in scoring? The, it's like all every year. Every year, it's like the top point-producing defenseman gets the, the Hart Trophy. Or not the Hart Trophy, the Norris Trophy. I mean, last year, Adam Fox was 
I think he deserved it. He played outstanding he was top two defensively. He scoring too, though, right? He was Last top. Time? Yes, yeah. he was. He was up there in the in the shortened season. I, he might have had more points than Hedman. Might have. I, I don't. I don't remember. But he was up there with points. Um, but you're you're so right about about that. I mean, Carey Price won the Hart Trophy, and uh, did he win the Ted Lindsay as well? I believe he, he won the Ted Lindsay. He won uh, so that many that one. I will say this: the argument against Shesterkin, uh, especially among. Pre- uh, precedent that's been set with goaltenders is he needed to play more games. That's what I hear all the time. Like he needed to play like 80% of his team's games. You know, like when Dominic Hasek was winning in the 90s, he was playing a majority share. But I still maintain that if you take Shesterkin out, all of those wins that he he basically willed into existence for the Rangers on many a night, those games, those points would be lost. And so I think that we often get persuaded by beautiful goals or high point totals and goal totals, which at the end of the day, listen, we're human. It's fine. I mean, Austin Matthews winning the Hart Trophy, not many people are going to complain about that because he's a special player. He's a generational player. And I've already said he's, um, if he's not already, he's one of the best Maple Leafs of all time. And he'll go down in history when it's all said and done as one of the best goal scorers of all time in the NHL. And I could make the same argument for Huberto in Florida. They, if you take Huberto away from Florida, they still got guys like Barkov, Sam Reinhart. They right. have guys that could put the puck in the net. Yes. I mean, Huberto's having a great season. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong. But like like you said, if you took Shesterkin off the Rangers, we're like a middle of the pack, like close closer to the bottom team. We're fighting for, you know, Shane Wright with the first overall pick again. We don't need that. Um but yeah, Shesterkin his a lot of people were were kind of skeptical of that contract extension that they gave they gave him. He hadn't even played a full season. It was only 50 games in his career in the NHL and he got a 5 million dollar ish extension and some people weren't on board with that yet. So far, if he plays like he's played this year for the rest of that contract, it is a bargain. It might be one of the best goaltender contracts in history. Uh I'd have to say. Um but like like you said, I think the Rangers have surprised a lot of people this year. Yeah. Um, and then I think after and the I deadline, I don't want to take anything away from Kreider, right? Like he's having oh, yeah, a career yeah. year, right? He just set the record for most power play goals by a Rangers player ever in a season. Uh, he's found new life in front of the net. Like he's he's on pace for fifty goals, right? Like so, he's going to exceed that mark without a doubt. So I mean. I'm not saying that Shesterkin is the only positive on the Rangers team. I'm not saying that at all. I am saying he's the most important piece to that to the team's success this season. But there are other mm-hmm. great things to celebrate. Panarin's having a great year. I mean, every time he touches the puck, he's dazzling. He's 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 incredible, right? He's all over the place. Like mm-hmm. he's setting up plays. He's taking the puck. His shots seem effortless. Like we just mentioned, Kreider. You mentioned the the new pieces. Vitrano fitting in great with the Rangers. You know, and and by the way. Remember, I even remember saying this. Like, I thought that the Rangers would be a playoff team this season. And actually, the three players that I pointed to, and I guess one of the three came true, is I said, Shesterkin needs to have a great year, but then we need to see more from uh, Kako and Lafreniere. And though the, the, the latter two, we, I don't think that people would say that we, they've gotten to the level of expectation. I think the number one overall tag uh, can be daunting. I think that that the spotlight is very, very bright. And, and that's why I actually respect what Owen Power is doing, where he's, uh, you know, t- took that year, go back to college, get some seasoning, especially as a defenseman and as a goaltender. 
you know, it takes a lot more seasoning to be NHL ready in those positions. But, uh, but yeah, like with Lafreniere and Kako, I, I would assume that Rangers fans would have loved to see a little bit more from those two, uh, particularly going one and two, the way they did in the draft. Uh, you know, at this point in their careers. Yeah, as I, I will speak for for most of Rangers fans, like I am begging to see Lafreniere and Kako break out. Like these are the guys that, I mean, we lucked into it with the rebuild, um, with the with the lottery. But I want to see those guys break out as 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 much as as possible. Um, the problem with them, I think, is that the typical first overall pick comes into a new team. And he is the guy on that team. Like Jack Hughes, easily the best player, the most talented player on the Devils, right? You, you have Lafreniere come to the Rangers, and who does he have in front of him? He's got Panarin in front of him, and Kreider, and Zabanajad, all those guys. And, you know, it's, I don't know if it's like a lot of pressure on him. Maybe he doesn't get it. He probably, he doesn't get as, as much ice time. Like if he gets power play time, it's only for a flyby, like a 15, 30 second shift in the, in the offensive zone. I mean, with good reason, the Rangers' power play is like, I believe it, at one point recently it was ranked second in the league. I don't know if that's dropped, but that first power play unit is lethal, and he's not on that. Uh, I would like to see uh, Lafreniere and Kako break out, and that's why I feel that until that happens, the Rangers are not going to win the Stanley Cup. I would love to see it. I would love to see it this year, but I think next year if they make the jump, like 40, 50 points, that's a real that's a real uh, chance for them to get the cup. I don't know if you feel the same way. What do you think? I mean, I so the the big by far, in my humble opinion, the most important thing in the playoffs is goaltending. I think everyone can agree with that. That is the singular most important position. How many times have we seen goaltenders will their teams to Stanley Cup finals and possibly likely to Stanley Cups. I mean, you have Jordan Binnington, Matt Murray, Cam Ward, Patrick Waugh in the 86. Price did it last year, right? Gary Price to the finals. Like, there are countless examples. So if Igor Shesterkin is playing at his best the entire playoff run, is it out of the uh, realm of possibility that they have a deep run in the playoffs if he's playing lights out every single game, right? Conversely, I look at a team like the Florida Panthers who score out of their minds in the regular season, but the question mark is Sergei Bobrovsky. What version of Bobrovsky are we going to get in the postseason? If we get the Bobrovsky from the regular season, that's a Stanley Cup team. Mm -hmm. And I think everyone would agree with that. That The rich got richer at the trade deadline for the Panthers. That team on paper is one of the best teams we've seen in this generation. Like, look at them. They're unbelievable. They, they cannot be stopped. Like they, no lead is insurmountable for them. They are hungry. They, just they came want back it. Five goals on the Leafs, like unbelievable, right? Like they like, just within a span of like a week, there was two yeah. four goal comebacks. Exactly. You never see that. You never see one four goal comeback. Like you'd be lucky to see it one time by any team in the season, and they've done it twice in like two weeks. Yeah, in or a week, a week. Or whatever. Yeah, unbelievable. So, but. With that said, if Bobrovsky is the uh, if the output from Bobrovsky is what we've seen in the last few years, well, that changes the conversation because you can't necessarily outscore your problems in the postseason. The game changes. We all know that. It's going to be a lot more responsible. It's going to be a lot more difficult. There's going to be a lot less looks. So 
I, I don't know, unless we see a seismic shift in the way the playoffs are played and we're seeing a whole bunch of seven, six games in the postseason this year, you know, you got to look at goaltending and you got to ask that question. Maybe Spencer Knight comes in and has himself a, a, a heck of a run uh, in, in his young career. That could happen too. I mean, we've seen that, like I said, we've seen that from goaltenders in the past, but really that's my question. And, and that will always be my question with any team in the postseason is what will their goaltending look like? If Shesterkin has uh, the regular season vibe to him in the playoffs, who's to say that the Rangers couldn't mm-hmm. make a long, deep run? Now, I know Shesterkin just had a shutout against Pittsburgh, and we'll talk about that game in a little bit. But um, With the wave at the end? With the wave at the end, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was incredible. <laughs> incredible. Like, I, I'm watching two games at the same time. Like, I have the Mets on on my big TV, and uh-huh. – I'm watching the Rangers on Hulu on my laptop and I'm like trying to there's an instant replay going on in the Mets game and I'm trying to like to watch that and then there's the the scrum at the end I'm like trying to watch that I had to like rewind like five times to see if I got everything yeah. it not was to be uh not to be a troll but aren't Rangers fans usually Yankees fans isn't that uh, how it goes? Isn't uh, how it it's goes? It seems it seems that way. I I okay. I think so. so I you're mean Mets and Rangers? I am Mets and okay. Rangers. Yeah. Okay. My uncle was um he was a season ticket holder for the Rangers since okay. the uh, late seventies, early eighties, and I got into hockey watching him. And he was also a Mets fan, so I just—I imagine there's I gonna be a lot of Rangers fans now. They're gonna tell me, "No, no, I'm a Mets fan too." Like you're just gonna be like, we're gonna see what the separation is. There's a lot of there's a lot of Rangers Mets fans. There's a lot right. of Rangers Mets okay. fans, but I I'll agree with you. I'd say Rangers Yankees is probably like the, it's like the, the way most popular. Do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, but anyways, um what was I saying about, um, about, uh, Shesterkin that before that he was kind of letting in a little too many goals. Uh, some people said he looked shaky in like a few of his starts after the trade deadline. And to me, I chalk that up to the Rangers are playing more offense and not staying back in their own zone. So he doesn't have as much work. Um, so he's not facing as many shots. So maybe he's a little rusty, but, um, in this last game against Pittsburgh, outstanding he, he he played really well and the Rangers defense came through for him they didn't allow too many good chances yeah and uh, that's exactly what you want to see uh, from this team and with Shesterkin being solid in net uh, you know sky's the limit honestly sky's the limit especially with the output that they have they have a lot of great pieces offensively too and like you said at the trade deadline they did a good job in plugging a couple of holes they got some good depth pieces and they seem to be fitting quite nicely in that Rangers lineup so uh, I wouldn't be, listen, you know, like anything can happen in the playoffs. We've seen it time and time again, and the Rangers are in pretty good position. I, I, I am liking that, especially from what we saw in that game. It's very likely that we could see, I mean, listen, uh, I'm looking at the standings right now. There's only two points separating Carolina and the Rangers right now, right? So like anything can happen really. But if it is going to be the Penguins and Rangers in the first round, as a neutral observer, completely fine with that. As any neutral observer, I'm sure mm-hmm. every hockey fan would be totally fine with a Penguins-Rangers first-round matchup. I know the Rangers have kind of uh, beaten up on the Penguins in the past three games in the regular season. Like they, they definitely played their their butts off. Like they played really well against against the Penguins. Um, pretty much all uh, in all their meetings this season. I mean, the first meeting was a one nothing. Uh, was a one nothing victory for Pittsburgh, uh, but they kept up with them. They didn't. They didn't give up. Like it wasn't 
like last year where a game got out of hand where it was like three nothing by the end of the game. It was a one nothing game. Yeah. Uh, I expect to see if it's the first round matchup. I expect to see Pittsburgh with a little bit of pushback because um, the Rangers played really well last night. I think uh, they had enough offense, and then the defense they didn't give up too many high quality chances, which they have done for most of the season, and that's why Shesterkin has had to stand on his head and why he should be the Hart Trophy winner. Uh, but I think the, I think compared to like Let yeah and the the wave, um, I think the that grit narrative from last year with Tom Wilson, uh, whether you agree with it or not, I think it's definitely taken the team to to another level. Ryan Reeves brings a whole other aspect to that locker room. Barkley Goudreau is a great player. I mean, if you watched the game yesterday, him and Malkin, you, you got into an altercation, and you know last year. That wouldn't have happened. We would have been we would have been beat up on. Um, I just I love to see it. I, I think Pittsburgh got frustrated towards the end of the game. What did you think? Oh, I mean, absolutely. Because yep. well, first of all, they're losing three nothing, right? Like you're getting shut out by the team you're going to be facing in the first round of the playoffs, probably, likely, maybe, right? So the tensions are high. It, it's playoff vibe. We're in playoff vibe season. Last month of the season people jockeying for position and by the way like not to be all, like the rangers have multiple uh, i'm looking at the standings right now like they're likely going to play pittsburgh but if they leapfrog carolina they could be playing tampa yeah or boston right like imagine imagine the rangers playing tampa in the first round Holy moly! Like the fact that Tampa's in a wild card spot is just unbelievable. Yeah, that's there's ridiculous. There's so many. Like, there's just so many. Like, the East is stacked. Like, there's so many teams that you could see making a good run in the postseason that will just be out in the first round just because they're facing another team like that. Like right now, Carolina is going to face uh, Tampa, which is like one of those two teams could be a, a come out of the East in any year, and they're facing each other in the first round. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. If Toronto and Boston face off in the first round again, you just put all your money on Boston to to win with all the first round exit Man. memes uh, for Toronto. Right? Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, I would like to see the Rangers get first place in the Metropolitan, uh, but I don't. I kind of don't want to play Tampa Bay as a Rangers fan. I don't want to play Tampa Bay. I know we 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 won. We swept the season series with them. But they're just a different beast in the in the playoffs. The reigning uh, cup champs, right? Like unless they're time back to back Stanley Cup champions. Exactly. They know right. what to, they know what it takes to win. So that's I think one. I think a, a fair matchup would be Rangers versus Pittsburgh. That's where I would like to see how this team can handle like a perennial playoff team. Like the Penguins are have been there. They've done that. Crosby has three cups. Malkin's got three cups. They know what they know. They're winners. They got a bunch of winners on there. Jeff Carter's on there. Uh, goaltending's a little shaky. They still got Latang, but I think it would be a good matchup for for the Rangers to see where they're at at this stage in the rebuild. And you know, if they win, that's good for them. If they if they lose, then you know they made it to the playoffs, and I think this season is already a success for 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 me. Yeah. Um, last year, really tough division. Like it was very competitive. Um, and it was just unfortunate that they weren't able to uh, to make it to the playoffs. They had a lot of uh, uh, locker room shenanigans, if you want to put it that way. Um, and I think this year has just been a big step forward for the team. I, I couldn't be happier as a fan. Uh, 
and like I said, I think I think Ryan Reeves and, and Barkley Goudreau yeah. bring a lot to the to that team. Agreed. It'll be interesting to see with those uh, deadline acquisitions which ones they keep because they're pretty much all unrestricted. They are all going to be free agents at the end of the year. Uh, as a fan, I like Vetrano and Cop. I like those guys, but the Rangers also have Ryan Strom, who they have to uh, talk about for uh, an extension, possibly. Um, I think Vetrano is just an, an, an interesting player. Something about him just reminds me of Brad Marchand, like the way he, he he's uh, – he says he says stuff like I know he's saying stuff to the players on the, on the ice. He's probably saying something to get under people's skin. And I saw that yesterday against the Penguins. And he's been known to score against the Penguins, and he did it again last night. The the the, the good thing is is that basically all the UFAs are the people that they brought. Like you said, Strom is one. I'm looking at Cap Friendly right now, and basically all the UFAs that are coming, other than Greg McKeg, uh, really are the players that they got the trade deadline. So mm-hmm. that's 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 good news in the sense that they can make those decisions at the end of the season, uh, but they're here now to help out with this year's run. So that 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 just goes to show you that you know this team uh, has a really good core uh, for 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 years to come. Yeah, and it'll, again, it'll be interesting to see if they feel that those guys that they acquired at the deadline fit in longer term. I'd like to see maybe one of those guys, at least one of those guys, stick around because I do like the way that. Uh, they're all playing. And uh, finally, if you had to make a prediction, who's going to win the Stanley Cup this year? I feel like it's Colorado's year. Um, mm-hmm. they, I say I keep saying that like yeah, every year, and it's just they really, disappoint me. Yeah, um, I, I think that they. I mean, they just look lights out in so many games. Like they just like they just look unbeatable. Um, if Bobrovsky is on his A game in the playoffs, Florida's an unstoppable team. Uh, Carolina looks good too. It's just for, uh, Freddie Anderson is the X factor there. Uh, Ranta too, though. I mean, Rangers fans know him well as well. So I, I wonder if the uh, the Carolina Rangers will make a a, a big run. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's all it's all about goaltending, man. Honestly, like uh, I, you can How do you discount Tampa Bay just because they're in a wild card position? They have among the best goaltenders in the league, Vasilevsky proven. They have a core. Uh, of offensive players, by the way, Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, they have Victor Hedman on the D line. Like they have the players that have won Stanley Cups and also are still producing lights out numbers. So it would be foolish to look past the Tampa Bay Lightning. So yeah, and there's a lot of options. Braden Point in the playoffs is just a, like a completely different player. He's always good, but when he gets to the playoffs, he's just a completely. Yeah. He takes it to a whole nother level, and it's just scary if you're on the other side. The the last thing I'll say is that it would be very sad if the Tampa Bay Lightning make the Stanley Cup Finals and lose, which would mean Corey Perry made the finals with three different teams three years in a row and lost. Oh, my gosh. Dallas with... Well, Hosa won with Chicago. Yeah, so he did it. Right? To, yeah, yeah. So he he was in the same situation, but he won on the third the third now, try. Perry did win a Stanley Cup with Anaheim back in the day, but yeah, you know yeah. that's been over ten years ago now or whatever, mm-hmm. a, a while, fifteen years or whatever it is. Um, and so, but it, just imagine a player three, uh, diff, three years, three different teams, Stanley Cup final and losing in the Stanley Cup final. That, that would be unreal. That's crazy. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, he Perry was on Dallas. He was on yeah. Dallas when when they went to the finals. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, like, so, again, yeah, Perry lost to, to the Lightning twice. So that's yeah. basically exactly what happened to... Uh, Can't beat him, join him. Yeah, exactly, to Hosa. Except yeah. uh, Hosa opposite, didn't... Yeah. He did the opposite. Like, he, he ended up joining a completely different team. He was on yeah. Pittsburgh and Detroit. And, of course, those were the same two teams back-to-back years in the finals. And then he got it right with, with Chicago. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... Corey Perry, I, I don't know. Uh, some people have their opinions about him. I think he's one of the best goal scorers of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the great ones. He was, he was. I mean, he had a 50-goal season. He's a good, good goal scorer. Um, maybe Hall of Famer if he gets another cup. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, that's not my department, though. I'm a Rangers fan, so I'm not going to answer that Fair question. Uh, well, Arda, thank you so much for, for joining and uh, doing this with me. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add on before we wrap it up? Uh, the last thing I'd like to say is uh, Igor Shesterkin deserves the Hart Trophy and Austin Matthews deserves the Ted Lindsay and the Ted Lindsay should be the number one MVP trophy in the NHL. But with all of that said, Igor Hartsterkin. Oh, I love it. I love it. Everybody chanted at the garden. Chanted at the garden. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll <laughs> it do it. doesn't sound like a good chant, but, <laughs> you know, yeah. make it work somehow. Make it work yeah. somehow. We'll, we'll try and figure it out. Yeah, yeah try and figure it out. All right. Hey, Rangers fans, thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. time, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay.